Welcome back, everybody, to the third episode of the Central Sports Pod uh, with my friends, yes, sir. Gerald and Addison. Yep. Um, yes, sir. Yeah, so I guess let's jump right into it. Um, let's do a little recap of the past week. Um, I guess we'll start with the series with the Pirates, you know, split the series. Um, kind of unfortunate, but, you know, the, the Pirates aren't too bad this season, so I can't really complain. We didn't score more than five yeah. uh, in any of the games. We scored three, two times, and once we scored zero. Uh, offense seems to have good and bad days, um, but you know it's kind of hard playing from behind sometimes. But what are you guys thinking? Yeah, when you're able to get out and take a lead, you know that gives everyone confidence. But you know, with the pitching, they are giving up the runs first, so kind of hard when you don't have the momentum, but, you know, the offense is looking better as of late. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think some of the offensive question marks have been cleared up, but they are, it seems like, playing from behind a lot. So, you know. Uh, yeah, we went into extras twice against the Pirates. We won one of them, which luckily I was there for the game, which was great to see. Uh, How was that, man? Man, it was awesome. Uh, it was it was rough. <laughs> you know, it was a good game. It was back and forth a lot. Yeah. Uh, Newt came up it's... real clutch with that two-run bomb to tie the game up in the sixth. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He also walked three times. Uh, and it's, it's good to have him back and healthy, you know. Yeah. He's a great player. I just think we need to give him a full season in the outfield. But, you know, with so much depth, it's hard. Yeah, another another good thing about uh, these this past week is that Contreras is finally, st- you know, stepping up, starting starting to get his, into his groove. Uh, in one of the games, he had – one of the games against the Pirates, he had two hits, an RBI, a walk, and a run. Um, since April 16th, he's had 16 at-bats with eight hits. Four extra base hits and two home runs, which he didn't have either an uh, extra base hit or a home run a whole season up until April 16th. Uh, And six RBIs, you know. He had a total of 18 bases. I can't complain about any of that. Yeah, you can really tell he uh, is getting locked in at the plate. He's seeing the ball well. He's hitting the ball everywhere with power. Like, in the two-home run game, his first home run was, like, a 450-foot, like, shot. He pulled it, but, you know, he crushed it. And then the second home run was the opposite field home run. So, really, really liking the way his swing looks, and it's refreshing to have a catcher that can hit, you know? Yeah, I think he's really come around. I think – in the last two series, he's looked a lot better than he started off. So uh, it's starting to – it's refreshing. It's starting to restore some confidence in him. Yeah, and I feel like that give, gives our lineup a lot of versatility. You know, you've seen Ali switch up the lineups, put Goldie at second, you know. I I like that type of stuff, like experimenting with new lineups, seeing where guys can fit in well and paying, paying off of each other, you know. With the game we just had yesterday, we scored 14 runs. So that's, that just shows, like, 
the switching up the offense has been rewarding. Oh yeah. Yeah, I mean, also can't complain about Mr. Nolan Gorman. Just keeps crushing the ball. You know, he's he hasn't slowed down since the start of the season, especially when I was there at the game. He was he got I'm pretty sure he got a double at one point. And yeah, I I feel like it just sparks a little bit of uh like fear into the other team when Gorman comes up, especially recently, um, which is kind of what we need towards the bottom of that that order with Jordan Walker as well. Yeah, but my my take on it is, you know, I feel like we should move Nolan Gorman up in the lineup because I like the idea of having a lefty that can break up Arenado and Goldie. But you know, wherever you're putting putting him in the lineup right now, he's hitting like. So it's just great to see he's so much different than last year with his approach. He yeah, he does just he seems just unfazed about everything. He's just there for games to get hits. Um, you know, he doesn't really care where you put him, who he's facing. He's just up there getting hits, doing his job. So yeah. I've been really impressed by Nolan Gorman. Yeah. Uh yeah. Staying on the topic of the Pirates series. Uh, Michaelis went out there when I got to go to the game. Um, you know, his his struggles continue. His ERA sits at 8.1 after three games. Uh, to me, it seems like he gets behind a lot to like to start the counts. When I was there, he it seemed like he started with a ball every 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 at bat. Um, you know, he's pitched 20 innings, 8.10 ERA. He's given up 36 hits, which equals out to 1.8 hits per inning. Uh, and that's that's kind of scary to look at. Um, yeah. yeah. I have a question for you guys about Michaelis. Do you think that the World Baseball Classic affected how he started his season? Addison, you want to take um, Yeah, uh, well, I was thinking about it. Um, I don't know. Um, I mean, maybe because he missed some time, like, in spring training. But, you know, it's not like he took time off. Like, he was still, you know, playing baseball. I don't – I really – I don't know. I'm actually – I'm really puzzled by Michaelis's start this year. I mean, I've never – I've never really thought that Michaelis was an ace. Um, I mean, obviously, I, I think he's better than what he's doing now. <laughs> Excuse me. And, um, you know, I don't – it's tough, right? Because first half of the year last year, he was a Cy Young contender, like just an absolute stud, just shut down. Um, you know, but do we look at that and – is that kind of fluky or is that his ceiling and he's just kind of regressed from that? Um, I mean, obviously with the extension we just paid him, I really hope that he gets back to where he was, but I mean, I don't know. He's a, he's a really big question mark for me right now. Yeah. Yeah, He's a question mark, but he's a veteran guy. I'm not sure what it is. Like you said, I'm really puzzled about what I've seen because he's not really the type of guy that falls behind in counts. He's 
usually able to spot up his fastball or his curveball. He can play within the zone. So I'm not really sure what's going on, but, you know, don't rely on him to be the ace, which I think we have two other guys in front of him that are better pitchers in one way, like Flaherty and Montgomery. But, you know, my take on it, I feel like it had a lot to do with, I don't think it had anything to do with the World Baseball Classic. I think most of the thing that got him was maybe the new extension. Uh, maybe it put a little pressure on him to be that guy for the Cardinals this season. Uh, you know, also, Wayno's out, so you can't rely on him anymore, really, because, I mean, towards last year, the end of last year, he kind of fell apart. But that's also due to injuries. But I think with Michaelis, I don't know, he kind of maybe, I feel like it's more mental than anything because he got a new extension. You know, Flaherty, this would be his first season back, really. Uh, fully healthy, and I don't know. I feel like it more had to do with the pressure that came with that extension, if I had to guess on anything. I think, yeah, I think it could be a mental thing. I wonder, you know, like we were talking about trading for an ace last week. I wonder if, you know, if we trade for one or if Flaherty steps up and, you know, kind of reclaims his ace role on the team, if that will start to shift Michaelis's uh, mindset, and um, we'll see him become, you know, more comfortable um, as the season goes along with that. Yeah, with these veteran guys, you know, I feel like you just let them kind of adjust to start the season on some things. You know, they've been here before as far as struggling. <laughs> you know, he's pitched in the MLB and overseas so you know he knows how to make adjustments so i feel like just having that trust will make me have confidence in him but yeah hopefully it improves yeah staying on i think michaelis just needs time really i mean flaherty's looking good honestly even though he let up like four or five runs in one inning the other game but you know it happens which he that that happened when Palante came in and he gave up the grand slam. So is I feel like he pitched better than what the stats showed because he got taken out and then the grand slam got hit. But you know, yeah, talk about Palante. He just got uh, sent down to Memphis as the as they brought up JoJo Romero. Um, I kind of like the move. I I think last year I enjoyed watching Romero pitch out there uh, after he got traded. Uh, we traded him for we traded for him. Um, I just like his stuff. It just adds another lefty. Plus, uh, with Hennessy's Cabrera also playing up, uh, I, I like it. Yeah, yeah. Hennessy's has looked very good actually, which I've always liked him. And I was kind of confused when he didn't start the year on the roster, but he's looked good, and I like JoJo Romero stuff. So having those lefties in a bullpen, you know. Perfect. Yeah, I think um, I, th- I I I felt like Polante was kind of rushed into the mi- or into the majors. I felt like um, being so young, you know, he would benefit from some more time down, and maybe we were just kind of experimenting with him um, being up. So I, I'm not worried about him. I hope you know he's. Can go down and regain some confidence, and 
Um, you know, like I like we always talk about, our bullpen's deep, our roster is deep. Um, so you know, if somebody's not performing, it's just next man up. So right. you know, I I hope Cabby can keep up his uh, performance, and I hope Jojo Romero um, can you know uh, fill that spot. Yeah, for sure. Recently, it was announced that, uh, you know, Jordan Hicks, with all his struggles, uh, obviously is Addison being his biggest fan. Uh, he will be played in uh, lower leverage situations to maybe get his form back. Uh, we did get to see him close out the game yesterday. Um, yeah. You know, he pitched, he had 18 inning, 18 inning, 18 pitch inning. He got two strikeouts and a walk, uh, but no hits. Uh, I mean, I guess that. It's, it's an improvement, obviously, closing. I mean, it's easier to close when you're up 14 to 5. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's just a step in the right direction. Yeah, definitely. What I'm getting from the situation is is definitely mental. That's what he talked about uh, with Jim Hayes, I believe. Like, the Cardinals announcer, he was saying uh, he was feeling good. He was just not necessarily doing the right thing on the mound as far as mental wise i'm not sure exactly what he said but you can see that like when he goes out there he's throwing his stuff with confidence you can really see it like it's electric he has a sinker that moves and is like 103 miles per hour so as long as he can get that in the zone like that's going to be hard to hit no, yeah, I love how he just comes out firing. I mean, when yeah. I was, uh, I mean, I didn't really, I wasn't able to watch the end of yesterday's game because I had to, I had to go to work. But I was, you know, following through my phone, and I just see the last three, the first three pitches were 103 mile, mile per hour sinkers, and it's like, you know, yeah. you can't really complain about that if you put them where they're supposed to be, you know. Right. The uh, last week, the guy I was trying to compare him to that I couldn't remember the name of, Carlos Martinez. That's what I think of. That's what I think of Jordan Hicks because he comes out and he's he's just absolute gas. Okay, like I, which is great, but some days he's gas and he hits the zone and he's untouchable and he's one of the best pitchers in baseball. And then the next day he's missing the zone by three feet. And like throwing behind hitters, and you just so that's where I get a little uptight with Jordan Hicks. Yeah, because like you know, I I just wonder like instead of th- instead of throwing one hundred one on your sinker, what if you throw what if you throw ninety seven, and right. you can hit the and you can hit the zone still, like, right. like you know what I'm saying? His yeah. stuff moves like. His stuff, he's got good movement. Like, he's hard to hit regardless of his velocity. It's just, yeah. you know, I, I just wonder how can we make him, his control more consistent. Yeah, I remember last year when um, he was in a starting rotation to start the season. He was throwing, like, more 96, 97, yep. you know. Yep. It seemed more relaxed, you know. So I wonder yeah. if we can get that version of him, like, that plays, you know, 96, 97, that is definitely still above average, you know. With yeah. the sinker, you know, it's tough to square up. That's probably one of the toughest pitches to square up is the sinker. So it's going to play. 
So, what do you guys think of who, in your opinion, I have a question for you guys, who has been our best pitcher so far? Starting pitcher or or relief? With starters, I'm going to have to say Flaherty. I'm going to have to say yeah. Flaherty as far as yeah. the starters. Because he has one of the best ERAs in baseball, actually, right now. So, you know, uh, that along with uh, him getting the confidence and stuff. And he's still working on things, which I'm not sure if he's going to continue the success because he has had a lot of walks and stuff, and, you know. But he looks good right now. Like, I'm really happy with what I see from him. What do you guys think about the starting pitching? Do you think he's been the best? I think, I think, yeah, I think it's really been him. Um, I think if you asked me that last week, I'd probably tell you Jordan uh, Montgomery. But I, I mean, Jordan had a rough game. Um, I forget who it was the other day, but Jordan would he give up seven? Like, something like that. Diamondbacks. Yeah. So. Yeah, um, I feel like he got unlucky because they were like hitting balls in the dirt. Did y'all see that? Yeah, like, yeah, that was it. Was a weird game. Um, yeah, but I, Flaherty has been so surprising, and like I've been really pleased with uh, his season so far. Yeah, and it seems like every start he's getting better. Like, have y'all noticed yeah. that? Yeah. Like, I know the stat line from last game says that he gave up four runs and that that seventh inning. What uh kind of fell apart, but before that he retired ten batters in a row. I was like, yeah. okay, it's, yeah, this it's looks kind of crazy. It's like, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but it's like we're watching um like a rookie, like you know, like I feel like I'm watching like a rookie pitcher come up, and like every game, like you just you see more experience get under his belt, even though like he's got the MLB experience. It's just like he's getting back to where he was. Yeah, you can tell he's fired up out there. Like when Ali came and took him out, did y'all see what he said? <laughs> no, I didn't he, catch it. Cause he uh, well, PG friendly. He was like it's effing BS that he got taken out, and then he went to go talk to Ozzy Smith. And while he was talking to Ozzy Smith, Palante gave up the grand slam, and he was like, "I knew it." Like that's the type of face that he has. So you see. He wants to be out there. He wants to compete. And when you get that from someone like Jack Flaherty, he has four or five pitches that he can use. Like, he's really good, honestly. It's just him being not healthy over the last few seasons has kind of had a toll on him. But he's back. I'm not going to lie. He's back. <laughs> yeah, as much yeah. as, as, much as uh, Jordan Montgomery fan I am, uh, I have to go Flaherty. Uh, you know, two point nine five ERA. You can't pass that up. Only yeah. letting up thirteen hits in four starts. I mean, that's just perfect as much as you can be. Um, yeah, and if you if you take away that seventh inning, his ERA would probably be under two right now. So that's really good. Yeah, he just. I think the only issue with him. Uh, I mean, he's he's obviously striking out people. Uh, about a, like a four average per game. He's just got to keep down those walks, man. He just has he has seven and six walks the first two starts, but I mean, in this last two he's had four 
combined. So right. he's, he's settling down. Together. I like it. I like it. Yeah. How about relief? What do you? Who do you guys think has been the best out of the bullpen? Ooh, I mean, uh, this is my favorite pitcher right now in the whole team. Zach Thompson. I just love <laughs> his stuff, bro. I I can't talk about him enough. He's, yeah. I mean. Yeah. The in the whole season he's pitched nine point one innings. He hasn't let up a earned run yet. He's walked four and gotten eight hit like eight <clears> hits <throat> against him. I mean he's faced thirty eight batters and hasn't let up anything. So yeah, I can't yeah, complain. Really he yeah, really when I went to the game on April sixteenth, he pitched one point one innings, didn't let up a hit, and he pitched seven pitches and all of them were strikes. So. I mean, seven pitches and pitching 1.1 innings doesn't get any better. Yeah, he's been our most consistent guy. Also, he's got us out of a lot of, like, tough situations, you know. We take the starter out. The base, I remember when the bases were loaded. I forget what game it was. It was maybe, like, last week. But he came in with the bases loaded. You see him. He's confident. He's throwing everything for a strike, you know. He just has a confidence to him, man. You know, I love lefties. It's something about it, like the way they go out there with the confidence. You know, I man, I like, I like lefties across sports, man. Like something about, I don't know if it just looks funny to me, but like lefty basketball players, lefty like quarterbacks, like something about them. They're just they're fun to watch. Yeah, yeah, Nolan Gorman. Yeah, and I think I think it's a I think it's a mental thing, man. Like, like yeah. I feel like the the lefty uh, basketball players just like throw people for a loop. They're tough to guard, like right. you know, because it's like everybody else you're forcing right or you're forcing left, right. but then you go to guard a lefty and he's cooking you left, and you're like, what is going on? Right. So something, you know. I don't know. I'm I'm a big fan of lefties. Um, I think statistically, Zach Thompson has been our best relief pitcher. Um, my personal favorite to watch though has been Cabrera, uh, just because I was doubting him. I was not surprised mm-hmm. that he didn't make the starting roster like you uh, were. I actually was kind of happy about it, but the fact that he's here now and he's balling out, um, I've been really pleased with. So, um, yeah. Our lefties look really good, actually. Like JoJo and Genesis and Zach Thompson, like those are some guys. Like and and Genesis Cabrera, yeah, he's fun to watch. When he when he strikes people out, he shovel off the mound. I'm like, okay, okay, I love that. And uh, yeah, Zach Thompson just going out there, going about his business. He his curveball is like, I feel like it's been unhittable when I watch, like. Guys can't really square it up, and then he comes in there with like a 97 mile per hour fastball. So he's nice. Yeah. So, a little question for you guys to maybe spark something. Um, who are you guys taking, Geo or uh, Hennessy's? Uh, which one you guys would prefer out there? Um, like, is it a like a like a high high leverage type of thing, or medium high medium leverage. leverage? High medium leverage. Um, I would say either. Honestly, I yeah. Would, 
I would be content with either one of those, depending on what's the matchup. Like, if it's lefties, play Genesis. And if it's, like, a lot of righties coming up, probably Geo. But as of right now, I think Genesis is looking better. Just based on his stuff and, like, being able to find the zone. But Gio has been doing good too. I don't know. Gio was, they... Gio was nice in the Pittsburgh series. Yeah, he was super nice. I mean, Gallegos hasn't let up a run all season. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's that's fair. They yeah. they both strike out fourteen and a half per nine. That's uh, electric. Yeah. The, yeah. Gio's only actually only given up one hit in five innings. So. I don't know. I think I'd, I'd yeah, if I had to pick, it'd be Geo, just because that that high arm angle. I think it kind of throws people off a little bit, especially when he throws that that low curveball or changeup. He kind of just drops like crazy. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, I guess it does depend on the matchup. There, hey, it's a good problem to have, isn't it? You got two guys like that that can be in high leverage spots. All right, so we're going to go on a little intermission here so we can move into our little confidence meter segment. So we'll, we'll be right back. All right, guys, welcome back. Um, we're going to do our segment that we implemented last week called the confidence yes, meter segment uh... where we rank... Uh, players that we picked out uh from one to five on how confident we are in them in the future um and just do a little recap of how they've been playing so first player i want to get into uh is mr lars Nootbar. how are you guys seen him since since he got back <laughs> hey man he is great to have him back he's looked great in my opinion uh I got another guy where you can just put him anywhere in the lineup and you'll know exactly what you're going to get. You're going to get, get a guy that has a good eye for the plate. He's going to play a good outfield, has a good glove. Um, confidence in him going forward, I'm, I think is like a solid four or maybe 4.5 because he's seeing the ball well, you know. the He had that home run, which that's good. But you know, maybe some more doubles and triples and stuff. But I think that stuff will come along once you give him a full season. Yeah. So what you give him out of five, Joe? Out of five, either a four or four point five. Okay. Go ahead, Addison. Sorry. I know you're good. Um, I think I think his eye is so underrated. I mean, he let's see, he did he he walked three times against Pittsburgh three times against Pittsburgh again and then twice against Arizona I mean yeah. that, that's crazy like that's that's insane uh and then, and then he's getting hits on top of that I mean he went yeah. well, one for one two a uh, one for two and then um a uh, one for three with then he had a home run and that's Fran um okay. so yeah, I mean, he does it all. His glove is really good still. Um, yeah, I, I'm I'm right there with Joe at a four four point five five. Yeah, I, yeah, I'm looking at his stats right now, and he's he's uh 
He has a 565 on base percentage. Yeah. And a 462 slugging, which is over 1,000 OPS. And an OPS plus, I feel like that's the best number to rate, guys. He has a 190. 190. Yeah, he's been great. No, I agree. I mean, it's obviously great to have him, especially when he plays uh, top of the lineup. I really like it. Um, yeah. I'd personally give him a four. Uh, I'm confident in him. You know, five, five is like kind of, I don't know. I wouldn't give out fives pretty easily. Uh, that's just me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, in four games, he's had nine at-bats, two hits, uh, walked eight times. Like As you guys said, he's got... 222 average but as you mentioned he's got a 558 on base percentage so it, nothing i can complain about about new bar you he's getting on base over half the time right now and you can't really be mad about that yeah. you know and he's got that pop man he hit that, that clutch homer yeah. when i was there april 16th to yeah. tie the game so the vibes were crazy yeah. everyone was yelling new all right, next player. Uh, also, oh, go ahead, go ahead. Finish your thought. Just also him in the clubhouse was gonna was what I was gonna say. Like the pepper grinder, you know, he really brings that popularity to it. He, everyone on the team, you see him doing it. I saw Tyler O'Neill do it. I was like, oh, that's new. Yeah, every time somebody but, gets a hit, they do it, and then they pan yeah. the new bar on the bench. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I love it. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. All right, so as we talked earlier uh, about this uh, this guy, Mr. Michaelis, Miles Michaelis, um, I'd give him a 2.5. I mean, uh, I don't know. It's just rough. It's obviously the start of the season. There's 180 games. Um, but as I talked about, he gives up 1.8 hits per inning, uh, which is not very good. You're pretty much giving a whole a whole game worth of hits in about like three or four innings um and he just kind of seems to fall behind on at bats which is never good uh because you want to start out with that strike you want to you know put that that thought into the into the batter's head that they got to protect um so yeah i'd give him a 2.5 yeah i'm i'm probably going to say i'm right in the middle at a three because we know what Miles Michaelis can be when he's right, and I'm I'm optimistic about him getting back to that. But yeah, like you said, it's not looking the best right now. I don't think it just completely looks like this all season, you know. So optimistic about him going forward, but right now it isn't great. Looking at the stats, he has a two whip, which is not where you want it. For his career, though, he has a 1.1 whip. So if he can at least cut that whip to, like, 1.5, you know, by the time next week's podcast comes around, we can look at this. He can bring it down a little bit. You know, we'll be working with something with that. Yeah, I'm I'm with Fran here. I'm going to give him, like, a 2.5. But it's not a um, – not, like, a heavy 2.5. Like, it's – 2.5 based on what he is now, but I, I'm not, it's not a concerning 2.5, I suppose. Um, I think he's going to bounce back. I'm hoping he bounce back at least. Um, so, yeah, 
I'm not. Uh, yeah. Like not I would say, I would say, look at him like we look at Jordan Hicks. Like Jordan Hicks, um, obviously not like comparing the pitcher, but like the situation. You know, they said Jordan Hicks was going to be used in more low leverage situations because his ERA ERA was like above ten, and then. The last two outings that he's had, he's looked better. So I feel like that could be the same for Michaelis. The next two starts he goes out there, he can allow like maybe three runs or two runs, you know, something like that. Then his ERA can be in a better spot. Then we'll feel better about it. Yeah, I totally agree. Uh, Moving on to uh, one of my favorites recently, Tommy Edmond. Uh, Addison, you want to start us off with Tommy? Yeah, um, let's see here. Uh, you know, I feel good about him. Um, I mean, he has struggled recently, I suppose. Um, starting with the Pittsburgh series, got three hits against them and then three hits against Arizona. Um, so the bat offensively is just dipped down a little bit, but I mean, he's still. I've never been super confident in Tommy Edmond offensively. I mean, you're looking for him to get little base hits and steal your bags. So um, he's not the most electric player offensively, but I think where he really brings the value to the team is obviously his defense and his glove. Um, so, you know, for that, I, I'm going to give him like a 3, 3.5. Yeah, I'm going to have to say five i'm not gonna lie guys he he almost hit for the cycle like that is true um, yesterday or was it two days ago you know uh, he hit a three yeah. run a three run home That's run true. he had a lot of good defensive plays he had as a lefty he hit a triple and then he had a double as a right hand like he was on fire you know i'm not saying like going for it he's gonna continue to replicate that because, like you said, like, Tommy Edmond isn't very electric offensively, but when he can have that type of day. Like, oh, yeah. <clears throat> he absolutely I, gives you those type of days. Like, you see yeah. him two, three times, like, a season, he's going to almost hit for the cycle. Like, because he's yeah. got the speed, like, he'll turn a, a line drive down the foul line into a triple, no problem. Like, yeah. you know. So and uh, I I love those type of players that can give you those contributions. You know? And I don't mean yeah. to cut you up, man. Go ahead. No, you're good. I'm just gonna. I'm just super excited, man. I gotta stand up to say this. Yeah. I I I'm giving okay. I'm giving Tommy a five. I mean, yeah. he's uh he's in 274 with a on base percentage of 366. Like you said, career game, man. Career yeah, career, career game. game. Four at bats, three hits, three runs. That is drove the best in five RBIs, one home run, one walk. I mean, my goodness, I was loving what yeah. I saw yesterday. Uh, yeah, almost hit for the cycle. That's that's what I got to say about my man Tom. Yeah, going forward, you know, we'll see if he can continue it, but that's definitely something to build off. That's career game. All right, like and lastly, on the confidence meter, uh. I just want to talk about our MVP, Paul Goldschmidt, Mr. Pauly himself. Uh, I'd give him a five, man. He's our MVP. He's uh, hitting 313, 439 on base percentage. Uh, 
two home runs, nine RBIs. He obviously walks all the time. He's got 14 walks yeah. on the season and 67 at bats. Uh, and he struck he struck out 13 times, which is less one less than how many times he walked. So my God, I yeah. can't say anything less about him. Just straight five for me. Yeah, last year he came out the gates. Uh, he was kind of cold to start the season, you know. Based on what he started last year with, we would probably say it was like a two or three confidence, but he ended up turning that around and he won MVP. And this year, you know, they talk about guys having slumps after their MVP season. Well, he he's not doing that. He He's going to be the same guy. Like, he's going to continue to hit. He sees the ball well. He drives the ball everywhere. He has a good glove at first base. You know, that's an MVP level player. So, like you said, five, I'll probably say 4.5 or five, you know. Try not to get fives out, but that's the MVP. Yeah, I'm right there with you at a five. Like, you know what you get with him um, every day. I mean, perennial gold glove, perennial MVP candidate. Um, you know, yeah, just as, yeah. I mean, you can't say enough about he's it. He's a he's a great veteran, good clubhouse guy. You know, yeah. he's not gonna he's not gonna be in the media, you know, saying bad stuff about the team, you know. And that's that's the Cardinal way. He's like mm-hmm. the perfect Cardinals role model, you know. Yeah, I think I think absolutely. Good. I think he is. He's the guy, um, you know, that's gonna kind of take the reins after. Uh, Wayno finally retires, and you know, obviously missing Yachty and Albert. Um, I think he's that veteran guy that the young guys, because this team is so young, the young guys can really look up to and learn from. And um, yeah, I think he's going to be invaluable just in the clubhouse for the next, you know, however long we have him, the next five six years. Yeah, you can tell uh, what he does is contagious, like the way he goes about his business, like. Brendan Donovan now uses the same bat as him, you know. Mm-hmm. Paul Goldschmidt, you know, he's probably giving him advice, you know, about ways ways to approach it at bat, you know, swinging and certain counts and stuff like that. You know, Goldie is a perfectionist. Like, he he goes to, like, some type of lab and he, like, uses, like, VR or whatever. Yeah, so yeah, the VR. He, I love it. Yeah. He really cares about being good, you know. That stuff is contagious. Him and Arenado and Contreras, you know, that's contagious in the locker room for the yeah. young guys. So what I what I love about him that differs from like Albert, you know, Albert was super by the book. He didn't, you know, he didn't want guys like over celebrating, you know. He, yeah. you know, you get your hit, your home run, whatever. You you run the base, you go sit out. You know, maybe take your hat to the crowd. That was it. But I love that I see, you know, Goldie's up there on the rail. He's doing the pepper grind. He's got this big old smile on his face. Like, yeah. he's not afraid to let the young guys do young guy things. Yeah. Yeah, he knows his role, and he's very good at his role. He he knows he isn't the youngest guy. He, you know, he knows Newt Bar is a sensation, and we got so much young talent. You know, let them have fun out there. Right. Mm-hmm. We're in a new era of baseball. I feel like, you know, it's a lot more, like, celebrating. And oh, yeah. Jazz Chisholm's doing the Euro step, you know, and all types of crazy stuff. So It's a new generation know. out there, man. Yeah, so, yeah, for real. 
Well, that will conclude um, our little segment, confidence meter segment. Um, so we're just going to go into a little intermission, and we'll be right back. All right, everybody, welcome back. Um, so Addison here proposed a... He sent us an article to look over, um, so we're just gonna go over it a little bit and get our our opinions on it. Um, so, Addison, you want to start us off with this? Yeah. So uh, three days ago, Sports Illustrated put out an article um, talking about uh, dealing Tyler O'Neill for a frontline starter, um, and they they addressed that obviously O'Neill alone. Um, isn't going to fetch more than like a three or four type starter right now, but they um, are talking about um, packaging O'Neill. The article is talking about, sorry, let me not confuse that with Cardinals front management. The mm-hmm. article is talking about proposing um, O'Neill plus Tommy Edmond or Brendan Donovan for a frontline starter and the frontline starters that they uh, name are Otani and Corbin Burns. And obviously those two names, you know, really fire you up as a Cardinals fan, you know, the perspective of getting one of those guys. Um, Corbin Burns, I've heard reports that he's having um, issues with the front office in Milwaukee. Um, And then obviously I think Shohei is a free agent this year. So um, what do you guys think about, you know, trying to make a move on one of those guys? Um. As a Cardinals fan, you know, having Corbin Burns would be very good. But the first question I would ask myself is how realistic would that be? You know, having the division right. rivals trading us their ace, you know. Plus, right. you know, they traded Hater last season. And that was one of the more confusing moves. So that would be hard. And as far as Otani, you know, that would be, you know, crazy that would be like a glorious day for a cardinals fan but with him being a free agent you know how much are we willing to give them for maybe one season of otani if he doesn't sign back here yeah for some reason i don't know it just it all kind of seems kind of unrealistic with first i'm gonna start with the brewers they're 14 and 5 like they're on fire right now they're not gonna they're not going to trade, especially like Gerald said, they're, they're not going to trade the division rival ace uh, to us. Yeah. Um, and also, I was scrolling today through Instagram or it was or Twitter, I don't know, it was either one of those, and I saw that there's a very high chance of Shohei getting traded this season if the Angels aren't in playoff contention. contention. Um, but again, I, I don't know. If we're really going to give up that much for Shohei just for him to go to another team after this season, because if I had to guess, we're not going to pay him the money he wants or he deserves just because we're not that type of club. Um, So I don't know. I don't know. As much as I would love an ace, I feel like those two options are not the ones that we would get. But uh, that's just me. Yeah, see, with those with those type of names, like the bigger names in baseball, like the Juan Soto trade uh, last season, you know, we were supposedly in on that trade, and then the the Nationals were talking about pieces that they wanted us to include, and the front office were like, no, like we're not giving up those pieces, you know. So 
I wonder, do they still value them the same? You know, maybe Dylan Carlson would be expendable, but, you know, how much does that really influence when you have a name like Juan Soto or Shohei Otani or one of the best players in baseball, you know? I think I think the Cardinals were too frugal in the Juan Soto trade. I'm not saying that they should have gotten him, but they're um, – because I think you're right. It wasn't a Carlson that was like the the one piece that, or one of the pieces that they didn't want to give up. Yeah. And it's like, what are you talking about? You wouldn't give up Dylan Carlson for Juan Soto? Like, are you crazy? But, um, I think, man, I think if the Cardinals wanted to pay a guy, like they, you know, they didn't want to get Soto. They didn't want to pay, uh, uh. Rodon, the pitcher that went to the Yankees this year. But if you're going to pay a guy, if, you, if you're saving your money and saving your money for years that the Cardinals have been, if you're going to pay one guy, would it not be Shohei Otani? It definitely would. I think he's the, probably the best talent of MLB history. I'm not going to lie. Like We've yeah. never seen anything like him as far as being an ace on the mound and also being – a middle of the lineup guy that plays great defense and has speed. Yeah. So. As much as I would love Shohei to be on the team, you also got to look at it as not a fan. And, like, they're they're probably going to lose a lot of revenue if they sign somebody of that high of a contract, which the Cardinals, like, are one of the top attendance teams in the league, uh, which obviously brings in a lot of revenue. Uh which also means they sell a lot of beer and drinks and food and all stuff like that. But I don't know. I feel like they would not do it just because it would... I don't know. It would just mess up like the tradition they really have with like how they spend their money. And obviously, they're probably going to... Their revenue is going to drop a lot. And I don't know. That's just how I see it. Yeah. When you look at the Cardinals and how our front office works, we're, we don't have the same mentality as the Padres or the Mets, unfortunately. But you can also look at it in a fortunate way, I guess, because long term stability as far as winning. But, you know, I'm not sure if they would go all in this year. You know. We'll see, though. I, I hope so. Maybe. Any any last Maybe. thoughts about this this topic? No, it was just something I, I saw and I found interesting. I want to get you guys' takes on. So, All right, so we're just going to recap the most recent series, the Diamondback series, uh, real quick. Uh, starting out with Game 1, uh, well, obviously we dropped the series to the Diamondbacks, who who aren't too bad this season, it seems like. They're uh, tough. They're tough. We let yeah. up yeah. Six, six runs, eight runs, and five runs, um, which obviously – Hurts because of our pitching, um, as you know, it's something we always talk about. We're just getting a little tired of talking about it, but and uh, in, in game one, we only let up one run until the seventh, uh, where we let up five. Um, Flaherty did pitch, but uh, as we talked earlier, it wasn't fully his fault. Palante did give up the grand slam, which was four out of those five runs, um, yeah. and. Yeah, we scored two in the eighth, but it wasn't enough. Um, so what, how did you guys see that first game? Uh, first game to me, um, you see 
you really think it's going to be a pitcher's duel? Um, the first game was Flaherty, correct? Yeah. So you see Flaherty going out there versus um, Merrill Kelly, Merrill Kelly, my fault, who uh, is their team's ace. You know, they're kind of having a pitching duel. And then you get to the seventh inning, you know, Jack kind of runs out of gas. Um, but I think there was some good things to take away and some good things to build on going into the second and third game. But, you know, that pitching, it has to be there, especially versus a tough offense like Arizona. They got some young guys that are tough. So, um, pitching wasn't the best in that one inning, but I think we built on it for a game two. You know, we still lost, but going into game three, obviously we exploded. So, yeah, I mean, we first game we had a total of six hits, uh, which is. Uh, I don't know. I feel like it's a little down for our type of expectations for our offense, not just yeah. from a fan point of view. Point of view, but um, I feel like our our own players on the team expect more from themselves. Um, so yeah, six three loss on the first game, a uh, little rough, but uh, yeah. Game two, uh, lost eight to seven. Uh, you know. We're winning two to one until the fourth, where we let up six. Uh, another inning where we just let up uh, a whole bunch of runs, man. It's yeah. we look good until just that one inning just takes takes us out of it. It feels like uh, we did rally in the ninth for three to make it eight uh, seven eight, but uh, just wasn't enough again. Yeah. Yeah. Um... That game, you uh, like you said, it was two to one, and then we just have one inning where it just falls apart, you know. And you know the offense tries to come back, you know, gain a little momentum behind Contreras and everyone getting hit, but just wasn't enough. It's hard when you have that type of deficit to come back from, you know, no matter how good the offense is. So. Yeah, um, it is. It's tough, man. It's like, I, I, okay. I actually have been thinking a lot about, um, just the Cardinals and my other sports team, uh, the Lakers, right now. If you watch the Lakers this season, they have when they've lost games that they were in contention for. It's because the Lakers, for like one quarter a game, just can't score. They just they they figure they they it's like they forget how to score, and you know like they have one bad quarter where they score like twelve points in the quarter and they blow their ten point lead and all of a sudden they're down ten because the other team drops thirty on them, and it's like it's like that with the Cardinals you know it's it's they're they're good they're in contention and then all of a sudden in a random fourth or fifth inning they give up five runs and you're like wait a second like what what just happened you know so it's i don't know it's been really tough yeah but um if i feel like once after we have like that fourth or fifth inning where things just blow up you know that kind of demoralizes the team you know and it's really on the guys to take good at bats and um 
try to come back into it, but then that also puts pressure on your offense at the same time. So, which know. credit to them though? Like they they've come back before. Like uh, yeah. the Denver series, they they went down. Um, what was it? They went down like four one. Brought it back to win. Or no, they went. They go. They they went down in the the second game. Um, I think they were still down four one, but they brought it back in one nine six. Um, yeah. you know the other day, uh, who was it? Was it, was it Flaherty? I guess they give up. Yeah, they give up the five runs and they get two on the board, but it's just not enough to get the win, unfortunately. Um, yeah. You know, so the team, like we always say, the team is relentless. The team doesn't really get demoralized. Um, which is great to see, but, you know, it's hard in baseball. Like, scoring in baseball is hard, you know. So when you give up four runs, it doesn't matter that you have one of the best offenses in baseball. Like, you know, they're, it's going to be hard to win games. Yeah. Totally agree. Um, last, uh, last game of the series, game three, uh, I think we all know offense was hot from the start. Uh, three run first, four run third. Uh, our starting pitcher Woodford did look pretty good out there. I think uh, mm-hmm. he pitched five innings, only let up seven hits, four earned runs. But you know, I can't complain about that. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, knowing that we are probably gonna score at least four or five each game, uh, four earned runs isn't too bad. And he pitched 82, 82 pitches, so. Yeah, what you guys see mm-hmm. yesterday at the game? I really liked it because I felt like that second game, we were building momentum the way we were taking our at-bats. You could just see that by the time Madison Bumgarner got on the, the mound for them, he just got DFA today, actually. Yep. Um, you know, you put you put a lefty out there versus the Cardinals, we're going to be dangerous. Like, Oh, yeah. You you get Carlson on his right side. You get Edmund on his right side. Goldie, Arenado, Contreras, Jordan Walker. Like, those are all guys that are just going to hit versus a lefty. So, I seen it coming, you know. Uh, the the announcer, Chip Carey, was talking about how uh, since Madison Bumgarner's accident or whatever he had, his velocity's been down. So we have a lefty coming in there throwing like 92, you know. I feel like I like our chances when we have that. And, you know, that just shows 14 runs on the day. Absolutely. I think this lineup's super dangerous against lefties. Um, uh, yeah. So I think, I think it was expected that game. I think, um, first of all, I think Woodford – has been another one of the pleasant surprises of the year. Um, I didn't really have high expectations for him coming into the year, but every time I see him out there, he seems to be getting better and better and better. So, um, you know, I'm really pleased with Woodford. Um, Baumgartner, first of all, this lineup, especially with your big guys like uh, Arnado and Goldschmidt, absolutely destroy lefties, and they've been doing it for years. Um, so you get a guy like Baumgartner kind of at the end of his career, um, 
I didn't know he even had an axe. I didn't know what that was, but um, yeah. So you know, that was just going to be a tough uh, matchup for Arizona, unfortunately. But yeah, yeah, the craziest part about the game was I think Goldie and Arenado were at some point the only players on our team that didn't have a hit. Like, yeah, you have contributions from Tommy Edmond. You. Uh, Oh, Neil's contributing, and Nolan Gorman hits a grand slam. You know, he's showing that he needs to be in the lineup every day. I'm not gonna lie, like lefty or righty, because he uh, his stats. He isn't he hitting like 350, maybe like 360, 300 at least. You know? yeah, yeah, 300 at least, and he's hitting with power. You know, we all know he has that, but he's also taking his walks and. I feel like that spot, that spot where you see the bases loaded, you see Nolan Gorman coming up, and the pitcher they have on the mound, he can't find the strike zone. Um, you basically saw Nolan Gorman like hunt the heater, and he crushed it. So, which is something that he was struggling with last season, which is great. Yeah. It's great to see. Uh, but yeah, we we talked about it earlier. Uh, Tommy Edmond with his career game, obviously he was. I feel like he was the heart of the offense yesterday. Uh, four at-bats, three hits, three runs, five runs batted in, one home run. Uh, yeah, it doesn't get any better than that. And I also loved seeing Hicks close the game out because, I don't know, it just yeah. gave him a chance to be be himself, just do what he wants to do. Because, um, mm-hmm. I mean, you're up 14-5. to five. It's nothing, nothing serious. You're not going to give up nine runs. Uh, well, hopefully not, but... Um, <laughs> Yeah, you know, eighteen pitches in one inning, two strikeouts, one walk. It's fine. I don't. I'm not complaining about that. Uh, so yeah. Just yeah. Got a little confidence boost. Yeah. All right. Uh, and closing out the episode, uh, we're just gonna go over little the Mariners series, uh, three game series in Seattle. Um, so you know. First game, uh, I think it's today, uh, tomorrow. tomorrow. Uh, yeah. So um, yeah, we got Matt's out on the mound uh, <laughs> against oh, no, against Kirby, who's yeah, got a three point seven eight ERA. Uh, how do you guys see this first game going? Really, what I'm gonna be focused on is just how the offense looks versus a good pitcher and Kirby, because uh, you know. I hope Max Matt gets on track, but you know, I think it could get ugly, maybe, on that end. So I'm just going out there seeing if the offense still looks good versus quality pitching. Uh, if we do win the first game, you know, that's great. That'll give us momentum. But you know, I think it can go either way. Yeah, you know, I'm sort of looking for that, trying to just gauge temperatures, I guess, um, coming up here in this first game. I think if they can if they can hit Kirby, uh, I'll be really happy because they've got um, Luis Castillo the next day. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's going to be back-to-back games with really tough pitching. Um, and even uh, Chris Flaxon, the third game, um, I I really like him. I think I mean he's he came out hot. I don't know if you guys have been paying attention, but he's been a guy that's been on my radar. Um, he came out really hot his first two games, and then he had he's had a couple bad starts, but his last two. But um, 
I think the Mariners, first of all, are dangerous. Like, I, I don't, uh, you know, they've been kind of a pushover team for a while, but all of a sudden, you know, they got Jay Rye, they got Ty France, they got Cal Raleigh. Um, I, you know, I, I'm interested to see this. I think, I think I would love to see the Cardinals win this series because that would restore some confidence that we could beat a serious playoff contender. Um, you know, after dropping games to, uh, like Atlanta and um, Arizona, so um, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's a playoff team, you know, over there in Seattle. They uh, play with a lot of confidence. They got a lot of young guys. You know, J. Rod was the rookie of the year. You know, good pitching. So that's a very formidable team. So if we look formidable against a formidable team, you know, I think that gives us confidence. Going into the second and third game in the series, but I guess we'll just see. Yeah, game two uh, against Luis Castillo. Uh, I actually am pretty confident in that game. Uh, our whole lineup, or half our lineup, pretty much is hitting over 280 on Castillo. Arenado's hitting 333. Carlson is hitting 350. Contreras is is hitting 471 against them. Uh, even. Kishner is hitting 286 on him, so uh, I don't know. He, he he's obviously got a .73 ERA, but I don't know. Our, our the, the his history says that we've done good against him, so uh, yeah, you it, gotta, it could go our way. Yeah, you can. You just got to think about it. He pitched for the Reds for a while, you know. It was that blockbuster trade that sent them over to Seattle, but he was in our division, you know. We we got a lot of looks on him, so. Yeah, I feel like we can have a good game plan going into that matchup. And, you know, it could get – we could go out there and give him, like, five runs. I know he's been very good, but we have in the past. So, we'll just have to see. Uh, game three, we got Flaherty out on the mound. Uh, so, hopefully that will go our way going against uh, Addison's guy, Flexen. Uh, yeah. 7.79 ERA. So, um, I haven't really followed him up, uh, followed him throughout the season. Uh, so I guess his last two starts really just jumped yeah, his ERA up. So, yeah, he got shelled by the Cubs and shelled by Milwaukee. Um, but he, I mean, he started the year, um, pitched four innings, gave up one earned run against Cleveland, and then five innings and two earned runs against the Angels. So, I mean, the guy is, this guy's no joke. Um, you know, but obviously I'm, I'm more excited in that game to see Flaherty again, see how what he's worked on since his last game. Um, you know, so I, I think the third game will be a fun one. Yeah, I think this type of game for us, um, you know, we haven't really seen the Mariners over the past few years, at least, because, you know, the schedule, you know, we're trying to play everyone in the league, you know. So this is kind of our first look with their organization in the past few years. I'm just interested to see how we will compete against them because I feel like they're in a similar tier as us, like probably going to make the playoffs, but are, do we know if they're going to make a run in the playoffs, you know? So like we're kind of right there with them, so it'll be a good matchup. I like it. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I think that'll wrap up our episode uh, for week three of the Cardinal season. Uh, 
uh, thank you guys for coming on here once again, joining me uh, talk about some some baseball, as everybody loves some baseball. Um, pleasure. So yeah, uh, we will catch you next week, same time, Fridays. Um, should be posted up early morning Fridays or late night Thursdays. So uh, yeah, yeah, we will see you guys next week. Thank you for listening. In. See you. See you later.